are listening to Fuel Your Purpose podcast. My, I'm your host, Amanda Owen, and you are in for a real treat this month, and it's going to kick off for this first episode. If you have been listening to Fuel Your Purpose podcast, then you would know last month I did a series around loving yourself, and as we go into this month, I realized I got a lot of great feedback and about doing that series the way that I did. So I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do it in a different way. I don't know if you realize this, but March is Disability Awareness Month. And if you know my story, then you know how passionate about disabilities I am due to my brother having a disability. And so I'm really going to spend the month of March in honor of Disability Awareness Month of kind of setting up some episodes that really fuel me that while I want to share and, and the impact that I want to make. So I know if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to tune out because I'm not really impacted by those with disabilities. I don't have a family member. So like she's obviously not going to be talking to me. I ask you to stay, stay and listen because you're the exact person that you don't know your journey and your purpose might be to connect solve something, create something, be the neighbor, be the, um, be the church member, be the, um, friend, be maybe your career will allow you to be something for a family that is raising a child with a disability. And so these little nuggets that I'm going to share in today's episode, you might be able to piece that together or, Maybe you're a, pa- a mom listening right now and you don't have a child with a disability, but some of the things that I'm going to share today is definitely going to apply to you as well. So with no further ado, let's buckle up Buttercup and dive into today's purpose. Okay, guys, so... I'm so grateful that you're here. And this topic that I'm going to spend today in honor of Disability Awareness Month is really about what parents don't do. I have now over how many years? I think almost 17 years of my career being surrounding those families with disabilities. Um, For those that don't know my story, I started out as as a special education teacher. And then I opened my own nonprofit um, almost 10 years ago surrounding those with um, disabilities and supporting them. And again, you might, if you're tuning in for the first time and you don't know who I am, then you probably don't realize that I have a brother with a disability. He's 40, I'm 37. And we, you know, he still lives at home with my mom and dad. He has what's called 4XY chromosome disability. You know, if you look that up in the book, you're probably not going to find it because that's our terminology. But basically, it's four more X's than he has Y's, which causes uh, cognitive and some physical um, disabilities. And so really everything I do um, and what I, my purpose in life is to impact people like him and impact families like my own. Whether that is me talking to a sibling, whether that is me talking to family members, whether that is me building relationships and caring for and supporting and providing opportunities for those with disabilities, it's all of it. But today, 
episode is really dedicated to parents of the things that they don't do that we should start doing. And oh, also, you might not know that I am a caretaker. Um, six years ago, we opened up our home to a an adult with autism. And he, yeah, he lives with us. So it's been fun times. Um, he wants to be famous on TikTok. I'm really trying hard to navigate TikTok and do stories with him, but it's really hard. And it's not hard because of him. It's really hard because I'm like, okay, what trending sound, what hashtag, what, like, how do I edit this? Do people even want to listen? Like, he wants to tell jokes. Anyways, long story. Sorry, I done a squirrel. Um, that's what I do. Sorry. All right, so there's three things that I want to talk about today that parents don't do. We're going to start with the first thing, and that is coming up with a action plan. And what do I mean by an action plan? If you're not If you don't have a child with a disability, this definitely applies to you too. And I'm very guilty because I don't do it. However, I tell my mom all the time, like, mom, you're really going to need an action plan. And so what what do I mean by that? Well, an action plan, I love binders. I'm more of a binder person. Google Drive and binders are my jam. And so I, and there are templates out there and a little nugget. I am creating, um, through Pieces of Me platform, I am creating an action plan um, that I will be able to, a template and things that hopefully I'll just be able to share for free for families. But um, basically, they're templates. An action plan is leaving behind if there was something that happened, if there was something that happened to you as a parent. This action plan is basically the Bible in reference to how to care for, love on, support all the medical, all of um, the ins and the outs, the allergy, everything. Like I think when we think of the action plan, we just do the nuts and the boats of like their medical, their doctors, a crisis plan, how to deal with their behaviors maybe. But we're not going further. And so like the some of the templates I've seen really are not digging a little bit deeper into maybe in depth of talking about their communication. Maybe even if if your child is nonverbal and they use a communication device, even leaving directions of how to to program that communication device um, or how what prompts that they use in order to be prompted to use the communication device. Again, this is a procedure handbook, think of it that way, of how they would fulfill everything you do as a parent for your child with a disability. I think we take for granted things that just come natural to us. And I know my mom, I tell my mom this all the time, because if something was to happen to my mom and my dad, I would be the sole caretaker um, for my brother. And so I there's things like when he comes to spend the night, like I know the, the, I know the foods that he likes to eat. You know, I know how to do initial hygiene things, um, for him. But like, I I think when it gets down to the medical care and, or things to be watching for, or how he even likes to be, um, his room to be set up, Um, or the things that my mom does when he goes to bed or tricks that she gives him his medicines for. Like those are the things that I'm not always there for when my mom is doing it. And she just assumes that I know. 
because I'm the sister. Well, like, yeah, I am the sister, and I know, like, his favorite movie and his PlayStation game, um, but I'm not there when you're when you're helping him to go to sleep. I'm not there when you're giving him his meds every single day and tricks and things that you have, like, don't give them to him all at once or only do one pill at a time or he likes it this way. I don't know those things. And so this action plan becomes like this categorized binder of from communication to the way the environment to um, procedures of how you provide hygiene care, um, certain eating specialties or diets. It's all of those things, right? So don't just do what is the standard. I think what I've seen some of these people that have created these templates or these action plans, it's people who don't live day in and day out with it usually. Um, or, and when they are doing that, they don't, they're not thinking in depth of, you know, what they need to share, you know, that they're just hitting the highlights of the, the nuts and the boats and the priorities. Well, there's a little bit of other things there that can make their quality of life 10 times better if we knew basically your procedures of doing all the things. So I encourage you now with, um, you know, with technology the way that it is, it can be even voice memos. If you have an iPhone, um, there's like that app that has like the voice memos. Start recording step by step as you're doing something and label that and then upload that into a um, Google Drive and save it to a zip drive. Put it in a lock safe so that way if something was to happen to you, there's your voice saying to the caregiver what exactly, how to perform or do certain things. So I know that that sounds like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Like, that's a great idea. Like, I'll get to it. I'm going to tell you right now, if COVID didn't teach us anything, it taught us that tomorrow is never promised. Um, So don't keep putting it off. Uh, My mom has put it off for 40 years now. (laughs) And like, I'm like, mom, we got it. We got to figure this out. Um, So I really encourage you. Honestly, I think why families don't put it, why families put it off is because we never want to, by doing that, we're, um, I guess, confirming or having to think about life that like our child with a disability, their life without us. And we don't want to, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to fathom that. But the lack of preparation for the person that needs to take care of them is, is, is hurting the one that you love. So I get it. It sucks. My, my mom and I, you know, we didn't start talking about this until I, I was in my 20s. And it really bothered me. I wanted to, but I knew how bad it upset her. So I wanted to ask all these questions, but I ended up not asking. Now I am as I got older, but because she didn't want to talk about it. She, she didn't have the answers and it scared the hell out of her. And so we just chose not to talk about it. So if you are listening to this and you're not a parent to a child with a disability, then I ask you to do this. If you know somebody, start asking those questions for them. Start prompting them with things that if you were having to be a caretaker, if you were um, helping to support life after, what are some things that you would want to know? What are some things that you are curious about that maybe they do naturally 
that they don't recognize. Like that's how you can show up for them. Get them thinking, get empower them, do it with them. Um, talk it out with them, whatever that takes, but it's got to happen. It really does. And believe it or not, parents don't do it. Second thing. So that was my first thing, create an action plan. Um, Second plan or second thing is prepare for emergencies. So this is kind of piggybacking a little bit off of the action plan. The action plan are like your procedures for doing all the things um, that you would leave behind um, if something was to happen to you for someone else to know how to support your child. However, preparing for emergencies is really about you uh, still being here. And I think that here lately, there's been, I'm from Kentucky. So if you're listening to this and you're from another state, um, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. But I am from Kentucky and here recently, we had some devastating tornadoes that came through. And I had talked with a family that had a child with autism and they were really struggling because a lot of their sensory, their fidgets, the things that is like their pride and joy of what they're attached to got lost in the tornado. Um, and so, and their home was destroyed and we, none of us, I think are prepared for that, right? Like we naturally do not prepare for a fire in our home, a tornado coming through, someone and, you know, an ice storm coming through. All we care about in Kentucky when we there's a disaster that's about to happen or weather changing, uh, we just go to the grocery store and buy all the milk and the eggs. And I guess during COVID, it was toilet paper too. Um, but we don't think about what the what the what if, like what happens, like what are my next steps? So we naturally don't do that. But that is more critical for someone that has a child with a disability because there's a lot more to think about um, when a, a disaster happens or an emergency happens. You know, I, we provide residential care. Um, there's three homes um, in my nonprofit called Puzzle Pieces that we support individuals who live there and we staff it. And so, you know, by our by our certification and things like that, there's certain things that we're required to do. And one of those is a fire drill every um, every quarter. And so it's just of uh, thinking through those things or if there was a fire and what would happen or if there was a tornado and you ha- you're on the street or and you've lost your house, how do you meet the needs of your child because naturally your emotions are going to take over and you're not going to have the answers. And we all know those that support those with disabilities. When we're, you know, kind of out of control of our emotions or when we're high anxiety or stressed, that that kind of comes out to, you know, our, our children with disabilities. It, they feel it, they, they sense it, and it could spiral into behaviors and their anxiety and, and things like that. So, um, whether that is that you 
prepare a social story and have that ready. And yes, I get it. It might get lost too. But steps that you would take if those things happen, like journal it and keep it so that you you can kind of keep your sanity through those times. That's going to be really important. Um, and, and, you know, like, so I'll give you an example. My mom, um, they have a basement, so the tornadoes were coming through. And, you know, she was just kind of panicking a little bit. So she's like, we'll just go down in the basement. Then we'll be safe. You know, she got my brother down there. She got um, the dog, you know, all those things. And then that luckily, you know, here in Owensboro, Kentucky, we were saved um, in a sense that the tornadoes didn't come through. It missed us. But my mom, it was the wake up call. My mom called and she was like, oh my gosh, I had just this biggest wake up call. Like we were down in the basement, you know, this tornado sirens were going off or whatever. But she was like, I realized I did not get your brother's insulin. I didn't get any of his medications. Like, what if we were trapped down there? Like in um, here locally, there was people that were trapped in their basement and under the rubble where they lost um, for like hours and days. Like, so, you know, she was like, I have to rethink that. Like, I need a checklist. And I was like, Mom, that's a great idea because there's certain things that, um, you know, my brother would need if that was a long period of time. Um, she was like, I don't, I don't even take a bottle of water down there. Anyways, so it just, I don't have the answers. I don't have like this. This is exactly what you do to prepare for an emergency. But not having that conversation, not thinking through that, not writing it down, um, it is, is not good either. <laughs> so I think as much as you can, kind of similar to the action plan, right through or what, like I encouraged um, families to, to have an emergency box, meaning maybe there's certain sensory toys and or fidgets um, and or things that would occupy. So like if you could take that box, they don't, and I would not give them that box. They wouldn't know this box exists, right? Um, But if there was an emergency that was happening, whether that was you're going into a safe place or having to evacuate your home and leave or out on the street because you're waiting because of fire or whatever that is, if you could access this box that you have hidden where you only know where it's at and grab that box on the go, that maybe would occupy and or support your loved one during some of those emergency times. So... Um, that's number two. Number three is something I'm currently working on in real time because I realize how important it is. So get ready because it's going to come out. I think we're going to, what is, this is March. Well, we'll see when it comes out, but I'm working on it in real time. So I'm super excited about it. But what parents don't do that need to start doing is a gratitude journal. You have got to make sure that through the hard times, because there's going to be a lot of hard times that come and a lot of setbacks, right? But if you are not taking the time to do your self-care and kind of list out some things that you're grateful for, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be hard. It is hard, but like, I realized like my mom and my dad just kind of went through this phase. Um, we've been battling with my mom or with my brother with some health issues and he's been bed bound. And so it's really been hard for my mom and my dad. And I could see them start to shift and change and go through what we call caregivers fatigue. 
and, you know, just taking it day by day. But in those moments when you're taking it day by day and you're, you're in that, that survival mode, I think it's that time where you need to, you need to step away, uh, you know, or have a moment and you need a journal. You need a, you need a moment to yourself, not to, you can cry, but not to, not to be stuck in this, not a pity party. I don't want to say that, but like, I know one time I was talking to my mom, it was like all she could focus on was all the things that were going wrong and all the things that she had to advocate for and all the things that the doctor should be doing or how they didn't do it well. You know, I'm like, okay, take a breath, mom. Like, let's just start focusing on what is going right now. Like what's going well, you know, like what, uh, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I'm gonna, it's so hard as a sibling to see your mom and your dad suffer through caregiver's fatigue um, and kind of get lost in that. So more so than anything, I, I wanted them to take care of themselves. Um, so I don't know how we do that. Like there's so many, like my mom would not, um, that if you heard my phone, that was my mom calling. But if, um, if you don't know how to do anything for someone or a family or, a, <clears throat> or maybe you're listening to this and like, well, I would love to help, but I don't know how I think of whether it's a self-care basket or a, let me just come over and have a drink with you. Now, if you're drinking with me, usually it's going to be either bring me coffee, diet, Dr. Pepper, or a white cloth. Like that's me, but just maybe just being there, um, in a moment, just a moment to, or maybe it's just that you're sitting with, like, I know that my mom and my dad wanted to go to a, um, event that I was hosting. So my uncle ended up coming over and sitting with my brother, um, you know, and he's never done that before, but he knew that my parents really needed that moment. One, to support me, but two, for them to just get out of the house. And my uncle was terrified. My mom was terrified. She left instructions. Like, it was crazy. Like, my uncle's never done that before. And my brother's 40. Um, but it's just sometimes um, when we don't know how to support or we're scared, we don't ask the questions. And then so like, we just had to prep that, right? We just had to prep it. It's stuff that we don't want to do, but we just prep someone to come in to, to help us to support that. And I get it. Some families don't have that luxury, but we got to be able to find that whether we're somehow connecting, right? Somehow connecting. So I hope that this helped you to at least kickstart the thoughts around the things that parents don't do that should be doing. And I get it. It takes time. It takes effort. And a lot of that you don't have. But we need to be prepared. We need to prepare those that will be loving and supporting um, the loved ones that we have. And yeah, I it's more than just doing a wheel, right? Um, we all take care of that, but it's more than that. It, it, it has to happen. All right. I'm rambling. I'm so glad that you showed up for today. I hope that you tune in to March's um, episodes because it is going to be about disability awareness, but I'm going to kind of try to connect it to also the things like next episode is going to be what I wish you knew about disability. So it's not even, it's not even targeting 
those with disabilities in the families, like in, like people like me. It's targeting those that hopefully are listening that are not connected, that I'm going to break it down of what I wish you knew, right? So that you can show up differently. That's how we... That's the point of having Disability Awareness Months when making people aware so we can start changing the mindsets, change the game so we can be better. When you know better, you do better. So stay tuned to other episodes. I would love to connect with you on Instagram. That's where I share a lot of my stories. Connect with me there at Pieces of Me by Amanda and you know, share with me if you're listening. I would love to know that and what kind of impact I will hopefully make on you this month, especially because this is my purpose. So until next time, dream big and do the damn thing. Mm -hmm.